0: What up, Get Up Nation? My name is Ben Biddick, the host of the Get Up Nation podcast and co author of Get Up, The Art of Perseverance, with former Major League Baseball player and CEO of LurongLiving.com, Adam Greenberg. Recently, I had the honor and privilege of speaking with Elise Price Tobler, an integrative psychotherapist and counselor who has created numerous valuable programs and services that support mental health, which you can access on our website, elisepricetobler.com. During this episode of the Get Up Nation podcast, we discussed her senpai, social communication model, which is having a global impact. This model is designed to stop loneliness, isolation, and stigma associated with mental illness and is based on an altruistic reciprocal philosophy allowing any person from any social class to use the model in order for all communicating parties to feel heard, validated, and understood while also leading to a more equal social class power balance. Listen to the podcast to learn more about how Elise is helping to create a world where people do not simply survive, but engage in a way that works to achieve invigorating internal and interpersonal satisfaction. Thank you, Elise, for coming on the Get Up Nation podcast. Elise, will you share with Get Up Nation where you're from?
1: I'm from a little town called Mutagong, about two hours south of Sydney, Australia.
0: And will you share what led to the creation of Senpai?
1: Sampai is sort of a culmination of 32 years of my working in the front line in mental health and uh, disabilities within community. And Sampai is developed because as a child I grew up and I did not have a voice. I was not taught how to have a voice. And I think to be empowered, we need to learn how to speak our truth We need to honour ourselves, we need to be able to find the words and that came out of a very, very tumultuous childhood. I went to many, many schools and was moved many, many places and I never had a voice. So when I started working in disabilities and mental health, I noticed that a lot of people that I was working with did not have a voice either and I was taught to have a voice by an ex-Catholic nun hmm. called Patricia Delaney and she also taught me skills around unconditional positive regard hmm. and how to hear me. I felt heard for the first time in my whole life and that was a major game-changer for hmm. me. And so i worked with her for quite a long time. And um, then the model was born from basically wanting to be heard and not feeling that a lot of the community had the skills to have those deeper level conversations. And most conversations I was involved in were around gossip and um, I didn't like that. So Mm. I wanted to be able to develop a language and write a model that was really simple to use so that I could teach people and they could pay it forward and we could all hear each other, and feel heard, validated, and understood empathically.
0: If my research is correct, Senpai is a model that teaches people the art of having a heart-to-heart conversation, so that competing with each other stops, and real listening can take place. uh, So that loneliness, stigma, and bullying no longer have to exist. And why is it, in your opinion, is it so necessary for people to have these heart-to-heart conversations?
1: Because I I think that, uh, especially in the community that I come from, the question, hey, are you okay, nobody usually drops down to the next level, Hmm. so I work in community with people who are experiencing primary homelessness and people with serious mental illness and to Stephen in the general community, no one really knows how to answer the question, Are you okay if somebody says no? Hmm. Most people say yes. Right. So, or how are you? Yeah, great. I'm good. It's just such a generic question these hmm. days. And to actually answer a truthful answer hmm. takes time and be able to sit with somebody and it takes empathic skills. And I'm trying to teach the community those empathic skills and to drop down and to have the art of heart-to-heart conversation. That's what my model teaches.
0: So will you describe what Senpai is?
1: Senpai is basically an acronym. So instead of saying, are you okay, I'm I'm proposing a different question. So I'm proposing that we ask, how's your Senpai? Hmm. So Senpai basically stands for how did you sleep? And were you safe last night? Hmm. That's S. So you can see the model and it basically covers five different needs that I think that we as humans really need to have to thrive and survive and develop. So we've got um, the need to rest, the need to feel safe. E is, so if I'm saying, how's your and you choose E. I'm asking you how you feeling emotionally. So that covers the need for love, empathy, and to matter. Hmm. Because if we don't have the human need to matter met, Hmm. that leads us to become very depressed, Hmm. suicidal. Hmm. It's often the cause of a lot of our mental illness in society Hmm. because we just don't feel like we matter. So, and the need for love and for empathy, and a lot of people don't receive empathy or unconditional positive regard it's not a skill generally that we're taught so um, and we're often more taught about judgment and competition that's what this is more about and then when i ask people how's your senpai if they choose the letter m i'm asking them about how are you meeting your survival needs so basically that's the need for water food clothing and housing so i'm asking you what have you eaten and have you had enough to drink today? Are you warm? What sort of housing are you in? So this goes a lot towards people who are homeless or even the other end of the scale. So people who are in corporate who may be about to lose their jobs because of the pressure, so they might be about to lose their rental property because it's only three paychecks away from working to becoming homeless in situations. And a lot of the people that I work with, who are on the street have been in corporate. They've been first responders and they've developed mental health issues and they haven't been able to maintain the lifestyle. Hmm. So this is a really important question. And then next one is physical needs. So the need to feel physically well in our bodies. Hmm. So a lot of people struggling with all the different diseases that are in community at the moment, this is a question for them and it gives them an opportunity to answer about how they're feeling and it's also They can have a positive answer to any of these questions at all. So Mm. yeah, my body's feeling amazing Hmm. So I've been to the gym and I feel great Mm -hmm. or no, I'm going in for cancer treatment So Mm. it's also a question that is very broad as well And you can answer it any way you like Hmm. and then I for inclusion and community so the need to be included in community is absolutely pivotal because this is where loneliness is coming into play and we're seeing loneliness as being a killer way higher than anything we've ever seen before within community and a lot of people saying, what are we going to do about loneliness? What are we going to do? Hmm. And I'm trying to get the model out into nursing homes and people who are isolated in community or anyone with agoraphobia or Mm -hmm. just out there so that loneliness stops and especially in our schools with kids when i ask kids in schools this model because we're trialing it in schools comes under bullying so if they're being bullied we find out very quickly um Uh, when we ask this question
0: to normalize these questions The depth of interactions that people will have will go past that comment. How you doing? Oh, I'm fine. I'm good. How are you? What's going on? You know, it it (laughs) creates a, a depth of connection that it would be revolutionary if people started relating this way. I can't imagine how much action would be taken as we start to deploy empathy in these ways with with everyone we interact with and having this awareness of these are people's needs let's relate to each other on them because we all have them. It's pretty exciting.
1: I think so. I, I hope so. It's working out there in the communities that I've got it in.
0: How can Senpai help people find greater connections with others and resolve conflict?
1: So well, Senpai, basically if I'm asking you has your Senpai, we're dropping down to a deeper level of conversation mm-hmm. into what I call Senpai time. So to ask someone who has your senpai, you need to be willing to give up some of your time Hmm. and to sit with that person and run through this model because it's not a counselling model. Hmm. Now, I'm a clinical psychotherapist, Mm -hmm. but I've written this for the general population to be Hmm. able to work with each other. So I'll often use this model in therapy, actually, in Hmm. my sessions. So Hmm. I'll just quickly go through, especially for people who don't know how to speak about what's going on for them so we'll Mm -hmm. run through we'll have just sleep last night Mm because sleep's really interesting because the first thing if you're lying in bed at night tossing and turning you've got that one thought oh my god my boss has just sent me a text I have to go in in the morning and explain what's happened yesterday Mm -hmm. or okay uncle such and such is coming into my room at night so for -hmm. the little ones you Mm -hmm. know so uh I didn't get any sleep why is that so sleep's pivotal so just to go in sleep generally is also seen as um sort of a not terribly confrontational question Hmm. so asking someone how you sleep but um asking someone how you sleep is huge it has like, a lot going on. Did you get up at 3 a.m. in the morning? Um, are you sleeping? Are you sleeping too much? Are you hanging out from drugs, for drugs? Like, are you sleeping in a park?
0: Hmm.
1: You know, it's just a whole bunch of stuff that you can talk about. So, yeah, they're yeah. all entry questions, basically.
0: Sure. You describe how people need a sense of personal equality and freedom to thrive. How does yeah. sen- how does yeah. sempai? How does this model help people thrive?
1: It gives you the courage to speak your truth because if you feel as though you're being heard and empathized with and somebody cares about you, you'll be able to actually go inside of yourself and look at what's happening for you too. So this mm. gives us a snapshot exactly into how you are at this very moment. This is mm. why it's being so successful with kids in the classrooms because we can tell exactly where the kids are, whether they're sleeping in the caravan in the driveway. We can tell how they are emotionally. We can tell whether they're eating. We can tell whether they're being hurt by the physical question. We can tell if they're being included in the classrooms and in their community. We can tell so much just by asking this one question instead of, the you okay? And the kids go, why are you asking me that?
0: You describe how people with differing opinions can honor each other and even yeah. uh, it even can cause someone they disagree with to feel heard, validated, and understood. Um, can you yeah. share some examples or scenarios of how you've experienced that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, this sort of speaks to class barriers as well Hmm. because i work with the homeless community and i also work with corporate executives Hmm. to get them in a room and what we've seen in the research is if we put people from two totally different classes in together and they hear each other's perspective Hmm. everything changes and we all kind of come up to a very similar level of caring and understanding for each other and the Power imbalance shift,
0: hmm. and
1: often what we'll see is they'll um, start to really listen to each other and understand each other empathically. Hmm. So this is what this model does. So I can take anybody and sit them together, and what this does is it gives you a deeper level um, perspective of from the other person, and the other person hears it, and hmm. even if they don't agree with it, that's okay. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's about emotional intelligence yeah. and non-judgmental stuff. So we can get people to listen to each other's perspectives. Mm. That's where the empathy kind of joins up. Oh, and that's what this model's doing.
0: I like how you put them in the same room and how we find when we're in the same room talking with each other, we find commonalities. We always are improved by that and we're more humanized because we hear each other's stories and I love just breaking down those barriers. It's real easy for us to get real siloed into, you know, I, I like this. I have this political view or I have this. This is my sports team or this is what I think about that. Do you find that also we find ourselves surprised by how much in common we do have Yeah. in those situations? and it's
1: really interesting, especially with my homeless population, how many of them have come from a corporate background or they've just been dads. Really succumb to the pressure of everything that society is demanding of them to have like the two cars and the major huge houses and all of the Hmm. pressures and then if they start to not feel heard or validated or bullied at work or anything like that and they're Taking a downhill row the next thing sometimes we see is the families have gone the house has been Hmm. repossessed and I'm talking to them in caves with little solar panels charged charging their computers
0: it's
1: like unbelievable but but then if I sit in a room with these guys like it's just we're all exactly the same it's just all about choices and voices and Hmm. hearing each other and helping each other and Hmm. to get through these difficult times and just kind of lost the art of doing it
0: you speak frequently about ending stigma associated with mental illness correct me if I'm wrong but you have a master's degree in psychotherapy and counseling and yes, have and have yes. dedicated your entire career to serving people with disabilities and mental health yes. challenges and in a time yes. when community resources in many nations are slim to none or or, yes. or overwhelmed how are you helping people overcome things like loneliness low self-esteem loss of hope class divisions inequality discrimination can you share some more about your work and the services that you're offering?
1: Basically, it's all about stigma reduction. Every single person I work with is exactly the same to me. I have people who are very, very rich come and see me, and mm-hmm. people with nothing come and see me. So, and because I've worked in this field for so long, I just, the resources out there are stretched to the limit, and mm-hmm. the people that I work with, the poorer ones, it's very difficult for them to access services. And to be relying on government bodies all the time, our thinking has to change around that. And we need to empower ourselves. Hmm. That's why I've written this model. So it's an altruistic model. It's a pay-it-forward model. So you can learn this model in under 20 minutes and then pay it forward to the next person. Hmm. So they can ask the next person, how's your standpoint? What do you need? And it's got... Um, uh, sort of sections in there so if it is crisis, if that person is in crisis, go and get help mm. but in the meantime let's try and empower ourselves and get voices and and go in deeper and try and work this stuff through ourselves and learn more communication and reduce the stigma because the stigma's I don't know, I won't swear but <laughs> <laughs> um the stigma, I'm over it I'm yeah. absolutely over it and right. it's everywhere and right. I see it All day, every day, pretty much, towards our Aboriginal communities, towards Mm. anyone who's not or or is seen as less than the Mm. rest of us in community, you know? Mm. We're all the same, and the stigma's got to stop. I'm sick to death of it. Hmm. And I'm absolutely all about it. And I'm very, very boring if you take me out to dinner because it's <laughs> all I talk about. <laughs> My nice. daughter's over it. So I'm not allowed out <laughs> because i often in tea with her and I'm not allowed to talk about it at all. <laughs> so.
0: If Senpai was incorporated into our children's lives so that it becomes part of our normal routines, what do you think would happen?
1: Yeah. I think that the children will learn a language, and a voice. Because it is a senpai language and we do sit with the kids at night time and we talk about how did you sleep or are you tired, how are you Mm. feeling emotionally, Mm. you know, what do you think that's coming from? Is there a story that's related to that? Have you had enough to eat or drink today? And um, physically how are you feeling? Are you feeling included? You know, and they answer all these questions in their little voices, like five-year-old voices. These Mm. kids can learn this because children are taught to identify physical symptoms, but they're Hmm. not often taught to talk about their mental health. Hmm. So if we go through and we teach them how, if I say to them, how's your senpai? They know, all my little nieces and nephews, they know to go through the list, and they might say to me, you know, at least you know physically, my arms really hurting tonight. And we'll talk about that. Hmm. So it's it's cute with them. The children's models a bit different to the community hmm. version, okay? But it's very cute. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love it. I love working with them.
0: Huh? That's great. Um, let me see. And so so. You offer services in Australia, and it sounds like you're getting into schools in Australia. For anybody listening to this, whether they live in Europe or the United States or anywhere else, how can they connect with you and become part of your movement, um, yeah. the, the Senpai movement, and wanting to end stigmas and heal communities? Um, how, can they, how can they help or partner with you?
1: Well, the community model is great. So you can actually get it and watch it with up to 10 people at a time. After that, I get people to ask permission, Mm -hmm. and there's free booklets and resources that go with that. I've got all of the videos on my YouTube channel and my websites teaching people how to use the model. So we have um, groups called Senpai groups who go out and um, use the model. I have volunteers who teach Senpai in hospitals. I have... um, volunteers who are just going out into the community, into the nursing homes, teaching people senpai and then it's kind of paid forward. Hmm. So we have picnics, we have dinner parties <laughs> and oh, everybody great. instead of sitting around gossiping and <laughs> making themselves feel great great about their new house and their new roles and blah blah blah. We talk about how we're all feeling and we hmm. connect on a deeper level. So we're trying to change the sort of communities through doing that. So yeah, it's a pay-it-forward, altruistic model, so it's free, and you can just get hold of it and go out and teach it.
0: Amazing. I love the proactive approach you're taking that identifies these problems. It applies the science and the, and the experience. It demystifies mental illness. It provides a more yep. ac- accurate portrait of what mental illness is. It removes the fear of it, and then it brings solutions to the table you truly are a warrior in the finest sense because you're combating ignorance, fear, self-doubt, inequality, and you're, you're forging a world that values each and every life to its fullest. Thank you yeah. for your work and for taking time to share it with Get Up Nation. You're an inspiration to us all. I Thank you. all. Absolutely. I always end my show by running through six questions to help my listeners understand what makes my phenomenal guests create such powerful and positive impact. Will you run through these questions with me? All right. Who are you thankful for today?
1: I'm very thankful for um, the ex-Catholic nun, Patricia Delaney. She saved my life and taught me that I mattered through unconditional positive regard. And now I pay that forward with love to others that I work with who've fallen through the cracks. Hmm. I fell through the cracks. I was in the cracks. She She taught me how to do this. She is who I'm thankful for.
0: What are you thankful for today?
1: I'm really thankful for having good mental and physical health because Mm -hmm. during my upbringing, I didn't have great mental health at all. Mm -hmm. And I'm thankful for all the things that I've been taught by every person who's ever trusted me and allowed me to walk with them on their journeys. I am very blessed with all of the stories that have been shared with me.
0: How do you fuel the fire within you?
1: Oh, that's easy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Every day I know that my life's mission is to eradicate stigma, loneliness, and mm-hmm. inequality, and I'm not stopping until I'm dead.
0: All right. that's <laughs> Basically, <awesome>. that's it. <laughs> and then what is, what is one thing that adversity has taught you to value?
1: Um, adversity, I, I, can, I combine my lived experience with my street and community knowledge and I combine it with my master's degree to write a stigma reduction model for all our communities and to be able to just give people the tools to empower themselves and to pay it forward. So basically, I never thought that I'd be able to do that, but I'm doing it.
0: That kind of ties right into my next question. What are you doing today you never thought you could?
1: Just basically, I'm really grateful that I was able to go to as many schools as I have been to. I had the terrible school history, but I managed to be able to teach myself how to learn at a university level with a lot of people and a lot of support. And for those people out there who've had crap educations, and I was expelled from three schools, so Mm -hmm. I was pretty full-on to be able to go through and get your education, get your university education and make a difference in the world because always... Lived experience combined with university knowledge is extremely powerful because yeah. it gives me an edge. I'm really grateful for that.
0: What do you plan on doing tomorrow that you never thought you could?
1: Tomorrow, I'm killing stigma and it's not going to exist <laughs> in the world anymore, Ben. Everyone's going to be kind and empowered and empathic and... Stigma's not going to be around anymore. That's what's (laughs) happening tomorrow. Oh, I love it. That's
0: too big. How, How can people learn more about you and your work?
1: Follow me on Instagram or jump on my Facebook pages. I've got quite a few groups that I run. Or jump on my website. Uh, www.stempie.net, and um, just keep an eye out for what's going on. And we've also just launched launched on Patreon as well. Nice. So we're trying to get money to cover the booklets to be able to get it out there and to be able to go into schools. And we're also also talking about going into correctional facilities as oh, well. Oh, that's well. excellent.
0: That's great.
1: Yeah, we're trying to get it out there, but it's oh, it's hard. Yeah. and I'm not yeah. with a corporation. It's me. Oh, it's a I see. Me.
0: I see. You'll take care of stigma tomorrow and then you'll get into, and then you'll take care of that the next day. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Ben. I really appreciate the time. Oh, thank you for all your work too. I know what you're doing out there in community as well.
0: Thank you, Elise, for transforming the challenges you faced as a child into a beacon of light for others. Thank you for creating opportunities for people to transcend barriers, achieve connection, and find hope. Thank you for recognizing the urgency of the situation and not waiting around for a government to take an action. Thank you for valuing people enough to take action yourself. You're making the world the kind of place people want to stay in, participate in, enjoy and give to their children. It's amazing what happens when we relate to others aligned with the truth that no matter who they are, they matter.